Hi, I'm Ernie Boxall, and I am the storyteller. And with No Story Stagnates, I'm helping business owners and interesting people tell their story before somebody else tells it for them so that they can make the maximum impact on more people without anxiety or dread. And hello, everybody, and welcome to No Story Stagnates with me, Ernie Boxall. And today I am so honoured to have with me Jenny Leggett, author, copywriter, and downright good woman. And Jenny, would you like to tell everyone who you are and what you're doing at the moment? Certainly. And thank you so much for having me here on the podcast. It's, it's fantastic. Um, as you say, I'm a, an author and a copywriter. So when I'm not writing for other people, whether it's their business, um, might be a press release, it might be an article, a blog, website, then I am in my own sort of fantasy world, yeah. writing about castles and dragons and adventures and having so much fun writing my own sort of books and, and plots. Um, and also on the flip side, trying to promote them and to get the, the word out there so that other people can enjoy the adventures. Absolutely, Jenny. We've, we've known each other for a couple of months and I am, I have so much respect for the work that you've put in already, not just with the writing, but you're also into a little bit of sport, aren't you? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a bit of a background in sport that I've been playing since school. Um, I love playing volleyball, tennis, um, all sorts of activities like that. But through my Sammy Rambles books, I've been really fortunate to be able to bring the game out of the book and it's called Dragon Ball. Yeah. And it's a, a game for two teams. And the idea is that it includes everybody. So even if you're not sporty, you can still play. If you're in a wheelchair, you can still play. Um, that's just opened up a whole new dimension to my book journey. Yeah. And this is a sort of it's a sort of safe quidditch, isn't it? The principle is the same that uh, a game has come from a book. Yeah. Um, but with Dragon Ball, there are, there are no sort of limitations to it. So it's not an elitist sport where you've no. got to be really good or really popular. Literally, Dragon Ball is to anyone, yeah. any age, any ability. Brilliant. But, Jenny, this is all about no story stagnates, is all about your story. So I'd like to start with the question I ask all of my guests. Do you know how your mother and father met? I do. Would you mind telling us? <laughs> of course. It was probably back in the 70s. And my dad was born in Bristol. He grew up in Bristol. And my mum was at university in Bristol. And the story goes that they met at a local church. So they'd gone along independently to basically to to worship to find friends and obviously got chatting and perhaps went out on a date or two and then found they liked each other and Wonderful. that's sort of how it started from that sort of encounter encounter yeah. there and so I say to everybody you know some don't but you know how your story started from before you were born 
That's right. Do you have children yourself, Jenny? I do, yes. I've been yeah. very fortunate to have a, a daughter last year. Do, uh, does she, will she know how you and her father met? Will you tell her? I hope so. Of course. Yeah, I'm Good. sure we'll, we'll tell her. Even if she doesn't ask, I'm sure there'll be a, a situation Absolutely. where she finds out. Because I think it's so important that that, that story is told about how their story yes. began before they were born. But back to you. A story between one and ten, which made a real difference to you. I was thinking about this, and probably it would be moving house. Mm. So I remember probably age about four and a half, so pretty much in the middle of that age range you gave. Yeah. And we moved, and I suppose I didn't know very much about it. I was told we're moving. I'm told that we're going to leave your friends behind, leave the, the yeah. new school that I just started behind. Um, leave the house behind, make sure I packed all my toys. And um, and that was sort of a big memory. Um, yeah. I remember the big removal vans. I remember the, the trip on the motorway. Um, these are sort of quite vivid memories, even at such a young age. Um, and from that, I guess it would be starting the new school, making the new friends and, yes. and settling in somewhere new. It's interesting, Jenny. And what do you feel about dreams? Do you feel they have any significance? I do. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a huge subconscious in our minds that, that processes things during the day, things from the past, things from the present, yeah. and possibly even anticipating things in the future as well. Well, it's interesting, you see, because as you, were spoke, as you spoke about moving home, I remember that after... We've been living, or my mother and father have been living with my grandmother and father for a couple of years. And then we moved to a house in Stocking Ford in Nuneaton, where we lived for maybe until I was about eight or nine, or maybe just a little bit before that. And we were leaving to move to the house I lived in for the next 15 years. And on the final night, the whole house had been cleared. Everything was in boxes. And we actually slept on the floor. I think it was sleeping bags and things like that. But we, in this house, we had a serving hatch between the kitchen and the living room. And I still remember now, some 65, 66 years later, my dream that night was the serving hatch opened and faces, horror faces came out. And that's still... Wow. You, that, that's just you, your stories just brought that back to me, which shows the power, I think, of dreams. This is true. I often find with dreams that I might, like you said, get a face in a dream that then becomes reality of somebody that I'll meet a right. few weeks later, perhaps. And yeah. when we moved into our current house, I remember perhaps waking up in a cold sweat, screaming, because there was kind of a, a banshee sort of flying through the house. I mean, clearly there, there wasn't in reality, but in the dream, it was so yeah. real and the fear. And I actually looked it up online to see what that might mean. And it was almost like the house was being exercised or any demon spirits or something as we'd come to live right. there, because it is a very happy home here. Yeah. And some people can sense that difference between the, the spirits that were there before or were there afterwards, weren't they? 
Yeah. I think so. I mean, every every house is built on centuries and centuries of yeah. people who've lived here before us. So I'm hoping you know, the impressions that we leave Great. Um, will be yeah. good. Okay, so we'll move on a little bit, Jenny. Stories from 11 to 20. 11 to 20. I was thinking about this and I was going to pick maybe a little sad story for you. Oh. Um, that I was actually quite seriously ill when I was about 13. Um, and I missed quite a large portion of school. Yeah. And when I came back, it was almost as though people didn't want to be friends with me in case it happened to them. Um, so although I was fine when I came back, um, it took me quite a long time to rebuild those friendships that I'd built up yes. and to rebuild the skills that you need at school to be tough and to, to brave out the day. Um, so the thing that I perhaps take from that story would be not to give up. Yeah. Um, that you can be quite seriously ill, but you can come back from it. And I remember the school actually saying, do you want to repeat the year? Do you want to stay down? And I was like, no way. I yeah. will work my little socks off. I am staying with my year group. I am not going to be put down a year because that would be another year of school. And it wasn't going particularly well right. with the, the friends that I lost. That I just wanted to get it done. And I couldn't almost wait to, to be gone, really. But right. I worked hard to get the grades. Yeah. So the lesson from that would be, yes, things are bad, but do not give up. Go for, go for it. And, and do you feel that that's a lesson that you've brought through with you? I guess so. I mean, it is, it's knowing what you're aiming for. So mm. I knew that I had to hit certain grades. And perhaps as I've got older, without the school structure, yeah. you're a bit open-ended on what you're trying to do in life. But, yeah, I think I've built myself some pretty good goals that I want to achieve. Yeah. It's um, interesting that the, the, the question that comes up to me from that is... I know at school, I I was quite a chubby lad, and I was also quite a loner. I used to love nothing more than going off onto a bank and looking down into a brook that was below and wondering where that brook went. But the thing was, I was I was okay. I was decent at football. And so I was able to make friends through football. Now, were you a team player or an individual at school? Probably a little bit of both. I wouldn't have said I was either one right. or the other. I mean, what you're saying about sport definitely resonates because I used to love playing tennis and we had hockey at school and yeah. netball and rounders and all the usual sports. And I would be that was one of my favourite lessons. I guess it was a bit of escapism that through sport, we were all included yes. and it was where I was able to shine a bit. So I might not have been academically brilliant, yeah. but on the sports field, I could really, I could hit yes. the, the ball and, and do well there. Did you carry that on after school? Did yes. you play? Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps what, 13, 14, 15, you were playing for other teams at the weekend or things like that. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I was able to, within school, there was there a few teams that got picked. Yeah, and there were some weekend matches, but outside of school, I think because perhaps there were some was it difficulty sort of having the friends right. as I was referring to with the illness that my parents decided right we're going to get you something outside of school that you can look forward to. So I used to play volleyball on a Friday night, and yeah. I got good enough at that to get selected for a team to be able to play that on weekends and through the right. summer as well. So that opened up a huge dimension of of friends. Yeah. 
I I know volleyball from in 1973. I was on a kibbutz in Israel, and the main sport there was volleyball. And being five foot four, they the people didn't think I'd be much good at it, but I did have the ability at the net time the jump. Yeah. Which sort of brought me into it. On the other side of it, the volleyball court was also a basketball court. And again, at five foot four, it was a different story. Because I remember stealing the ball, going all the way down the court, having a shot, it missed. I caught it. Having a shot, it missed. I caught it. And then I looked round and everybody else was sitting down laughing because they knew that I wasn't going to make the shot. <laughs> so volleyball was more my game, than, but I love volleyball. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? So I can't wait to get back playing again. No. no. And, and did you play? I mean, we played on concrete. What were you playing on? Played indoors in sports halls during the winter. Yeah. And then in the summer, we're fortunate to play on the beach and wow. also on the grass as well. So we had lots of fun outdoors. It used to be a game of volleyball, then a barbecue. Yeah. And then we'd sort of go home when it was too dark to play again. Nothing better. And that, so that's important, is it? You went home when it was dark. Yes. Can you imagine the kids doing that nowadays? I think so. I mean, I know when we've organised the beach volleyball, that people have come along yeah. and it's been all ages right. and the younger players are just as keen to stay out yeah, as good. late as everybody else. Are the parents there with them? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. No. Sometimes you might have one parent with a group yeah. of children or something like that, but yeah, it's oh. all it's all really family orientated. Well, I was just, just thinking back to, to you know, I say to a lot of people, when, when I was growing up, you know, me and my friends were in the woods until nine, ten o'clock at night, and then we'd walk half a mile to a mile home. I can't imagine parents letting their kids yep. do that now. Maybe they do, and if they do, no, thank you. Um, so we'll, we'll move on. Were you, when you left school, Jenny, what was the next move? Literally, I finished my A levels and I was straight into work um, right. because my year group was the year group when they brought in the university fees right and I thought well as you know I wasn't particularly enjoying school no. um had some sort of sad news when I was about 16 that dad passed away uh. and so at that point I really struggled to get those A-levels yeah um and from that it was so it was just nice to be able to break free from that routine I needed almost to tip the boat upside down and see what floats back up Right. And from that, yeah, literally, I was straight, straight into work. Um, and what was that? Was, this was a, a company doing internet services. Right. So domain names, email, hosting. Um, and from that, I suppose I built up sort of the business skills that I'm using today. Yes. Um, just straight from, straight from school, really. There was no university. University is something I might go back to. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think I've done all right. No, I Without think you, it. I think you have. Now, I'll, I'll go on a little bit, because I imagine you are in your 20s, Jenny. <laughs> I wish. Actually, no, yeah. I don't wish. I, I suppose people say, oh, what would you go back and do? 
and I said, I think I've had to go through all these hoops and hurdles. Right. And actually where I am right now is is where yeah. a good place to be for me. So let's go back um, to that thank period. Thank you for saying that. Let's go back to that period between 21 and 30. One story or a couple yeah. of stories and the lessons. Yeah, of course. In my, my 20s, so I was working for the internet company. There was a lot of quiet time there. There were a lot of times when the phone wouldn't ring, emails weren't arriving, there were no orders. Very, very difficult to sort of self-start and to do something, which is when I think I sort of turned back to my passion for, for the writing yes. and drawing on experiences and books that I've read and characters that I'd enjoyed creating. And that's where my Sammy Rambles books really took shape, that I had quite a large chunk of the day, whether we were commuting to work, lunch breaks, time in the morning, time in the evening, and I was writing, writing, writing. And at the same time, I guess my friends were getting married. They were having children. They were going on holiday, all sorts of things. And I kind of felt like I got left behind. Right. And that was really hard. And that actually drove me to being, again, quite sort of seriously ill. Um, and it was the books that sort of helped to, to sort of to come back from that. So when I couldn't string a sentence together, I could write one. Um, when I was having some real difficulties, yes. I was able to go into Sammy's world yes. and write things down to enjoy writing for myself. At the time when I was sort of 24, 25, yeah. never dreamed that it would be a published book, never dreamed that it would be made into a Hollywood film or, or something like that. So I guess the lesson from that is no matter how bad things seem, there is always a way out. Yeah. There's always something to look forward to. There's always a, a better tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and did, was that something you thought at the time, or is that is that something that you've you've sort of you've come to that conclusion later? At the time, did you think waking up tomorrow will be okay? It was something that I told myself. Yeah. Um, so when I'd had, let's say, one of these dark days, yeah. people often say, well, "Where did the Sammy Rambles books come from?" Right. And I, I said to them, "It came from a bad day at the office." I understand. Um, so I understand. I wrote poetry from the age of about 18 to 24 when things were pretty tough. And then when yeah. things got better, I lost the art of writing poetry. So it seems as if when I was down, I could write. When things got better, that left me until much, much later into my 60s when I started to pick up the art of writing again. But it seems that I needed that down period for the ideas to flow, for the words to flow. I think so. You agree with that? That's, that's something that people do say. Oh, definitely, yeah. I said so. Another phrase that I quite like is that something good comes out of something bad. Yeah. So when we are having difficult times, that something good can always be found. They talk about the silver lining, don't they? And yes. there's always something. Um, I guess another lesson that I would learn from that is about persevering with, yes. with dreams. That I always wanted to have a book that was published to go right. into WH Smith's and see that book. Um, so persevering, even with family saying, oh, get yourself a proper job or yeah. other people saying, oh, are you sure about this? Yeah. Um, so, there will be a lot of people that, that can't see themselves doing something right. and therefore they can't imagine you doing something yeah. and therefore it's a very bad idea and what do you want to be doing that for? But sweep all that aside, 
and persevere with it. That's that's a big thing. Um, I think I remember that you've said something there that there's a lady who lives in Leamington that's written three books. And the one thing that the, the two of you seem to have in common was that she owned a rest, she owned a cafe restaurant. But every minute when there wasn't a client or a customer in the shop, she started to write. And you know, yes. she spent all every moment that wasn't filled with work, she would be writing. And people and it was would exactly take it the like, same. How did you write the book? She said, Well, you know, 20 minutes at a time, 30 minutes exactly. at a time. Yeah. You you think that's true? hundred percent. I mean, when I was boiling the kettle for a cup of tea, I could write down a sentence or a paragraph and word by word, the chapters start coming. Yeah. And before I knew it, I've got half a million words for Sammy Rambles. And yeah, that it, is, it's definitely that possible. That is a lesson for everybody, I think, Jenny, is, you know, there's always time, isn't there? You make time. Well, I say we've all got 24 hours in the day. Yeah. We've all got those same 24 hours. It's not a case of finding time. It's almost about making the time. Yeah. Prioritizing, because um, it's very easy to be scrolling down through social media yeah. or just daydreaming. Perhaps I'm a oh, great one for daydreaming. I know that. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but just to sort of have a little notepad and pen that yeah. you always carry around with you, that's a good tip as well. So boiling the kettle, you probably yeah. get twenty words written down, right? And then you can go and type them up later on when you do have a bit of quiet time. But yeah. keep writing. Because um, yeah. it will all it'll just happen. It will all come together. And, and, and did people ever say to you that it was an obsession? I guess so. Um, and thinking back, there probably were a few people that, that wondered why I was writing those books um, and not perhaps out partying or perhaps yeah. out. Um, I mean, I was playing sport and I was yeah. doing lots of things and I still had friends. Yeah. But it was just those quiet times that, I think you do have to be a little bit obsessive to right. make a book actually come from your head onto the pen and paper, then to type it up, then to proofread it, then That's to get it. it published. If you oh, want something, they say, we've got to work yeah. for it. One thing I've found myself is, how many words did you say your books are? Uh, each Sammy Rambles is about 100,000, give right. or take. But it's not 100,000, is it? Because that, that it's 100,000 <laughs> well, words in the book, isn't it? But you've written, that's right, and edited, maybe two hundred thousand. Quite, quite possibly. I mean, there's half a million words in total yeah. in the published books. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I added it up, and probably each word in the book has taken about a minute to think of, to write, yeah. to edit, to proofread, yeah. um, to reread, and read it out loud. And it, it does take time. But yes. I think the harder work I do in behind the scenes. The yep. better the finished product, the better right. the reader experience. Now, are you in your 30s, Jenny? I just turned 40 last okay. year. Okay, great. So, so I must got, hit your next category. <laughs> we've got a story between 30 and 40, 31 and 40. That's it. And it, it has to be, you know, what I was saying to you just now about not letting other people put me off, yes. not letting other people squash my dreams. But I was really fortunate to be able to actually publish the Sammy Rambles books, uh -huh. um, self-publishing them. So I sent them off to agents, sent them off to different places. I did get an offer of acceptance from one of the vanity publishers that wanted yeah. about £5,000. Right. 
and I shelved it. I felt like I'd failed. I'd failed myself. I'd failed Sammy Rambles. But in my mid-30s, I found a way to do it myself. So again, it's it's all a theme, I guess, of self-starting, do it myself, can't get the help, do it myself, um, not letting people put me off, yeah. do it myself. So a lesson from that is that anything is possible, whether you yes. want to write a book, whether you want to star in a film, whether you want to be an international football player, yeah, you have to do a little bit every day yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned a baby. I did. When yes. did the baby come along? She's a lockdown baby. So she was born in October last yeah. year. So she's now coming up to yeah, five, six months old. Yeah. And it's from a roller coaster. <laughs> a good one, but a roller coaster. Yeah. And do you think, has it made any difference to you having the baby there? It, it has. Last year, whilst I was pregnant, I managed to write six small books. Yes. This year, I'm working on the animation but I've only written two books so far. Yeah. Um, so it's been a compromise, I guess. I've got a wonderful sure. daughter, but my hands are sort of all tied up. My yeah. time is her yeah. time yeah. until she's gone to sleep. And before Christmas, when she wasn't going to sleep and she yeah. was up for 20 hours a day yeah. intermittently, yeah. I was getting no sleep. I was, yeah. I was actually going through quite a tough time of... So perhaps postnatal depression, depression, sure. winter depression, COVID depression, just the whole thing looked very dark. But perhaps because of my life so far, yeah, I knew there's a better tomorrow. I knew that not to let other people wear me down, I knew to persevere with things and to reallocate my time. So perhaps while I'm boiling the kettle, I'm now feeding the baby. Right. But next time I can be boiling the kettle, I can be writing a few more words. So it, it's been juggling i've still got the same 24 hours in the day mm. but i'm just reallocating that time and as effectively as i can do you believe you will be telling her the stories of sammy rambles or i hope so even the younger uh, books because you do write younger books don't you that's right yeah those are where she'll start there they're called bumper and friends yeah. and those are the ones that are being made into the animation there are seven of those so i've already read she probably knows the words off by heart now um <laughs> but i've read those to her yeah. Um, and those are kind of her age group. Yeah. Sammy Rambles, I would suspect, she, when she's perhaps seven or eight. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She might think that it's I'm not cool enough to to read. <laughs> she can read all my books, but I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that Please, yeah. when I do talks, that she'll listen, or yeah. when I do a tabletop sale, perhaps she'll be with me. Yeah. Um, helping to to sell the books or would that be having book an signings? Would that do you do book signings or anything like that? I do, yeah. I've any done book up? signings in, in Smith's. Yeah. I haven't booked any, largely oh. because she's taking oh. my time and I thought of course. um I haven't actually stopped working as such, but I have stopped doing so the, the book yeah. signings, well to be fair, the shops have been shut. Of course. Um, yeah. but yeah. now they're reopening. I'm, I'm in talks with some of the local cafes where I yes. live, so perhaps yes. I can get a book signing done in there. Yeah. To do a, a large a large sort of store like Smith's or Waterstones would be an effort, I think, at the moment to, to right. get there, to carry the books in, to yes. sell them. I'd be out no. for a day, and I don't think that I'm ready to be out for no. a day just yet. No. Um, I don't know what disaster I'd come back to find at home. <laughs> yeah. So are you... Do you have books for the 15 to 18 age, age group? 
Again, Sammy Rambles is for children and adults. The youngest wow. reader, I think, is six, and the oldest yeah. is 98. There so you they're go. For, I've got a huge demographic of people in their 40s, 50s, 60s who perhaps have read The Magic and Mystery yeah. books in the past. They want the next escapism. They want to be spellbound. They want to get out of the, the humdrum life. They want to go back to their school days and have the magic and mystery. Great. Um, yeah. So it's for, for everybody which I think is one of the unique things about it. So we've, we've come to sort of the end of the decades, Jenny. Um, if you could go back and tell the 14, 15-year-old Jenny, if you could give them some advice, what would it be? The best advice, I think, would be to be more confident. Right. I remember getting into real estate, trying to get to school because I was worried about things, worried about how I looked, Yeah. worried about how I sounded, worried about doing the right thing or being the right person. So yeah. I'd say sort of smash through all of that. I would say have a good circle of, of friends yeah, and perhaps to stand up for myself and not, not miss out on things. Right. I think I missed out on quite a lot because I was worried about how I looked uh -huh. and I didn't want to put myself forward or go up front with the class. Um, and again, yeah. not miss out on something just because somebody else doesn't want to do it. Right. So let's have more confidence in myself which would then in turn mean that I would have done more traveled a bit more yeah all yeah. those sorts of things so yeah definitely that's what I would go back and really give myself a good talking to and say <laughs> go for these things <laughs> and you know hopefully the young girl young men who are listening who will listen to this that is the lesson that you could pass on to them is I mean that's you you now, you, you do say you give presentations now, you give speeches. So you've That's got right. the confidence to face a live audience now. You could face Have a now. live audience, yeah. Yeah. That's it, it all built up because a lot of it was Sammy Rambles. Right. He, he's a fictional character, but he has given me so many yeah. outlooks. He was my ticket out, I guess, my ticket yeah. out of all the troubles I was having in my 20s and early 30s. Brilliant. And through that, I thought, well, how have the other authors managed to get their books out there? And yeah. I thought, well, part of it is going back to school. And I didn't want to go back to school, be completely upfront about that. I did not want to go back. But I, I made myself do it. And I did a small workshop for 10 people and then for a whole class and then a whole school. Um, it was actually oh. one day when I thought I was doing a class and then the head teacher led me into the main hall and a bit suspicious. And then suddenly class one comes in, class two comes in, more and more children. It's been about three or four hundred in the Right. I was like, do I run out? And I think the 14-year-old me would have left yes. it. But I did it and I felt so much better for doing it that it spurred me on. Yeah. And the biggest opportunity I had was actually to drive to, to Belgium to talk in an international school. Wow. And that was incredible. And again, that was a whole school and a two-day event yeah. talking with children from year one through to year six and then beyond and I said every day I try and do something for Sammy Rambles whether right. it's a talk social media podcast because yeah. I think it's all building up my confidence yes. but it all links back to him and the yeah. promise that I made in my 20s that I would make this happen for him lovely so let, let's finish on sort of that sort of note Jenny and let's look at five years in the future where do you think you'll be? Well, I'm hoping 
keeping my fingers really tightly crossed that the animation of Bumper and Friends, so the animation's being finished in October, yeah. we'll be pitching it to Netflix, to Amazon, to all different places that, that might be interested. Yes. So potentially in five years, that will be on the screen. Sammy Rambles has always been the dream to have the Hollywood film yeah. with um, sort of the fantasy layer of CGI characters with yeah. humans. And to try and try and make that into a, a film would be sort of the icing on the cake for me. Brilliant. But in the meantime, I've got a young daughter to bring up. Sure. I've got more children to talk to with the Sammy Rambles. Yes. We're doing more and more with Dragon Ball. We've just launched... It's called American Sports Camps, and Dragon Ball is one of the games featured in that. Wow. That is going to be being played by children, hopefully throughout the UK. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the camps as well. Certainly. Um, so there's lots going on. And so as we come to an end, Jenny, how can people contact you? They can get in touch through the website, which is sammyrambles.com, and the books are on Amazon. Um, so yeah, just have a look for Sammy Rambles. Yeah. And you'll find me. Are you on LinkedIn or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, right. Facebook, um, as far and as wide as possible. So, yeah, please do get in touch. And the books are all there for everybody. Jenny, it's been a real pleasure. Don't go away as soon as we finish. I'd just like to have one or two minutes with you afterwards. But it's been a real pleasure. And thank you for being so open and making sure that your story doesn't stagnate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. And where is it? Recording. Stop. There we go, I think. I want to make sure we're not. It'll be edited anyway. <laughs> Hi, Ernie Boxall again. I know that you all have a story, so I'm inviting you to join me here on the podcast, No Story Stagnates. Join me or contact me at ernie at info, and just leave me a message. I'll be in touch. Take care. Have a great day.